Radio Sports Network is powered statewide by the insurance adjusters at Brown O'Haver. Fire, wind, theft, or tornado, we can help. Call 405-735-5510. It's time for The Rush with OU color analyst Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas. Got a question or opinion? Sound off on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line at 405-651-3439. Or call the Riverwind Casino call-in line at 405-329-9000. Live from the Buffalo Wild Wings studios, it's The Rush with Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas. We got an awesome group of guys. I mean, I'm telling you, you know, there's, they're, they're, they were, again, two games in a row. Ownership, every one of us. Coaches, players took ownership. Um, we had to get together yesterday. It's a quick turnaround. You know, yes, we, we, we know that the mistakes we made. And I'm, I'm, I'm really seeing their, their focus. I mean, we're, it's, it, it magnifies when it's one point. There's one point here or there on the team that's in standalone of the Big 12. So, Frustrated, you know, frustrated is not the word, you know. Just really, really disappointed you didn't get that thing done. But in terms of their psyche, it's all, it's all, all cylinders pushing ahead, man. you got, you got to get, get the next one. And uh, you got a very good Kansas State team who plays great at home. They play great on the road, too. But a um, lot to do to stop, the, to stop them and beat them. Rush is back. Hour number two, Teddy Lehman here. Tyler McComas back in studio hanging out at the Lofts at Valencia. That's Porter Moser talking about the mentality of this basketball team. I hope that's the case. I hope they're hungry. hope they're excited for the challenge. You know, I do think that a lot of this was kind of created uh, no fault of the, of the actual team. I mean, they – before they even got to conference play, what, they were ranked in the top ten, right? Well, they played. Uh, they mm. were a top ten team when they played North Carolina. What were they, number seven yeah. at that time, I think? I think that's right. And number seven for a team that didn't do anything together, like at all last year. I mean, it's a, it's a bunch of new faces, and – they had the nice win against USC and Iowa out in that invitational or whatever it was. They beat Arkansas, but, you know, they getting ranked up in the top ten, number seven, and going to play North Carolina, I think, think they got thrown into this situation with these expectations before they were really ready for that. Yeah, you know what I, I'm saying? I mean, yeah, and I think everyone – probably knew that at the time and there's no shame in losing to UNC and where was that game Charlotte but I yeah I, yeah, I, I think that's fair but at the same time I don't I, I still don't think it takes away the disappointment that was last week losing on your home sure. floor to Texas like that and then losing at Tech so did the expectations get out of get out of hands yeah, I, I, I guess uh, I guess a little bit, but I, I still think that you should at least go one and two last week or one and one last week, and well, not get I shut out on your that. home floor. I agree with that. I guess I'm just saying, like, the, Porter's answering a different line of questioning than he would have been otherwise, and I maybe that's the right, like. The line of questioning is more about 
oh, my God, this team is in free fall instead of, you know, they've got some natural growing pains going on with a team that's just been pieced together and, you know, they're working through some stuff and got a bit of a confidence issue. I mean, it kind of feels like it's the end of the world where had they not run up the rankings so quickly, I guess it just it wouldn't feel like the sky is falling well, right now. Well, if you would have told me I'm before saying. the year that on January 30th they'd be in the top 25 and ranked 23rd, I, I would have been really happy about it. But yeah. as we know, uh, expectations change throughout the year, and sure, I'm wondering if they are uh, in free fall mode right now. But I, I, I see yeah. what you're saying. Bracketology, they're still the number six seed. Number five at the start of last week, lost twice. Bracketology only knocked them back. Uh, to the number six seed. K-State is a two-and-a-half-point favorite tonight. I'm putting this must-win scale on a scale of one to ten, ten being the highest, at a nine. Where are you at? Act, you know what? I'm going to put it at an eight. I'm going to put it at an eight. Where are you at tonight on the must-win scale? Well, I'm just looking at the schedule. You got BYU at home, top 25 team. You got Oklahoma State at home. God, you. Uh, Dude, you talk about that's a 10 right there, must win. Yes. That is a 10, and there's no way around it. Uh, man, there's outside of playing Oklahoma State twice, like there ain't anything else on the schedule that's a. Well, going to Stillwater that, is I, I far know, from a gimme. I know. I don't even know that, okay, at home at Cincinnati late. At home against Cincinnati, at home against Oklahoma State, and I don't know, depending on what this little road trip looks like, you got home against BYU, but I would say there's only, like, two games, maybe three that I would say that I feel very confident, very, very confident you're going to win. Everything else is on the road against 18 Baylor, home against 8 Kansas, on the road against 12 Iowa State, home against 4 Houston. At Texas. So, like, when you're playing a non-top 25 team, even though you're going on the road to a tough place like K-State to play, I mean, you got to stack them when you can get them. So, I put it pretty high. Well, okay. I, I mean, seven. So, uh, seven, and I'm at an eight. You're probably going to need five more conference wins. I know you're only looking at two saying, well, I feel pretty good about those two and the rest. I, I, I don't know. You're probably going to need at least five more conference wins to get to eight league wins, and I believe that would put you at 20 wins uh, for the year. That's probably where you need to be to make it in the tournament, but even then it's not like you would have some great seed. So, yes, the games from here on out, the Oklahoma State game, the Cincinnati game, I might even throw in the BYU game next Tuesday. You have got from here on out, man, you've got to protect your home court. You've you've got to. And if you don't, if you don't protect your home court next Tuesday – then we're going to be having some even more difficult conversations about the rest of this year. Right. Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm still, shockingly, I'm still not sure how good they are. <laughs> you know? I'm still not sure how good they are. I've seen them play stretches of really good basketball. Athletic, running the floor. Um, you know, hitting the three with some nice efficiency. But then I've seen stretches where they just look like 
a really average basketball team for long stretches. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm it's, still it's so inconsistent. Up in the air. Yeah, it, it's so up and down. You, you just, it's hard to pinpoint exactly what they are. But yeah. I think what they are is exactly that. I, I think that you're going to see some stretches of pretty good basketball tonight, and also some stretches of where Kansas State is making runs, and OU has some bad turnovers. K State's getting transition points at the other end. Like. I feel like we've done this with the football team for the last couple of years. Like, what what are they? Are like, how good are they? It, it's so right. inconsistent. That's kind of what I, I feel about this team. You know, I'm looking at the conference standings right now, and we're ninth. And I kind of feel like that's about where we should be. I mean, Tech. Houston, Iowa State, Kansas, TCU, Kansas State, Baylor, BYU in front of us. I mean, I think there's a case to be made that we're better than BYU, better than K-State. Um, I don't know. Are we better than TCU? Uh, well, it didn't look like it the first time they played in Fort Worth. No. I, I couldn't, I couldn't tell if that's the case. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, Maybe in the seven to nine range is about where we are. I think we're better than Cincinnati, UCF, uh, West Virginia, Oklahoma State. You know, we got beat at home by Texas, but yeah. Well, I don't if, know. if I, you if you think they're in the seven to nine range, and I'm not disagreeing with that, but if that's where you think they are and that's where they finish, then they're gonna. I mean, they they may make it in, but they're gonna be probably pretty close to the bubble and end up being an eight, nine, yeah. ten seed in the NCAA tournament. It's probably what we're well, gonna be I talking mean, about. If I disregard what I saw before conference play, which maybe I should, maybe I shouldn't, I don't know. I mean, it just that kind of says about where we are. Nice home win against Iowa State. Like I think if you're in that range, you you're good enough to beat most teams on your schedule on a given night at home. Um, a, a nice road win at Cincinnati, who's one of the bottom tier teams. I, I think that's kind of about what your record says about you up to this point. Sure. Uh, Big Rich in OKC says they don't have an alpha dog down the stretch to take over. And that that might be true, but the, the, the interesting thing is, and some might say, well, they played crap teams, that's why. But earlier in the year, they were doing a really good job of closing teams out late. They closed, yeah. uh, you know, they closed Iowa out in the second half, USC out in the second half. In December, they went on a huge run against Providence in the second half to push them away uh, against Iowa State, their first league game. That was close throughout. Mm-hmm. OU separated at the ends. Uh, Cincinnati, they did the same thing. So there have been instances where they've made the plays down the stretch to win games. That just was not It was not the case last week. It was the exact opposite. Yeah. And the further you get from the last time it happened – you know, the mentality of it is harder to recapture. You kind of feel like you've – they. this team needs some momentum in a bad way. Zane and says – a big win on the road against Kansas State would, would definitely fuel that. Zane says they're not going to fall apart. It'll play out. Like I said above, I'm just thrilled they're competitive. I thought we might have the worst season in 20 years after the transfers out. Yeah. No, I, I agree. They are – they can be competitive and you know, flat out they could win every game like if you take them on an individual game-by-game basis. 
I mean, they can beat everyone left on their schedule on a given night. I mean, that's kind of what you ask for. Now, that's not going to happen, but, you know, you just hope it does. It doesn't even have to half of the time the rest of the way home, just under it. I, there's 11 games left, I think, and you said we need five wins, so we got to go five and six down the stretch, and we're in, probably in the tournament, right? Yeah. Sean says they certainly should be good enough to be one of 68 in year three, and I just I can't. Yeah, yeah I'm all aboard on that. Be, yeah. one, be, one, of, uh, be one of 68. You kind of have to. You kind of have to be. You, I hate to say it, but you kind of – if you're not in three years, you kind of run out of excuses at that point, don't you? Mm-hmm. Remember when I, I mean, asked you – I know you- it's been tough, but – Remember when I asked you one week ago today, hey, OU's a five-seed in bracketology. Would you take that right now if offered? And you were like, yeah, are you kidding me? I said the same thing. Like, y- yes, I would absolutely take that. We, we would even yeah. – e- even more so now. Would you take uh, – if I were offering it to you now, would you take an NCAA tournament appearance with a first-round win? No sweet 16, yes. 32, yes. E- easier question than last week? I think it, it probably oh. is, yeah. I thought you were going to ask me if I would take an NCAA appearance, and I was going to say yes. Okay, you'll say yes to that too. I mean, because I don't know. I'm looking at the schedule here. It's not out of the question to miss the tournament. Oh, there, yeah, of course. Sure, it is. Whether that's likely or not, that depends on who you ask or, or the opinion of things. Um, I still think they'll make the tournament, but even if you do, like I said, you might be right there on the bubble with a tough first-round matchup. Yeah. Which I, I would almost I, – I, I don't know. You never know what the matchups are, but this doesn't really at the moment right now feel like – a team that you want to go in feeling nervous about playing that that pretty good 12 seed, you know, that that's in and dangerous. I, it feels like we're tightening up a little bit, and that's a long ways away, I understand. Uh, no telling what our uh, mentality is by that point, but, I mean, I don't know. Everything can change if you win a couple of games in a row and get some momentum. I mean, that to me is – the most critical thing for this basketball team, just to get that that feeling back whenever they were playing fast and scoring up and down the floor and having some confidence to close out games. One, one quick thing, because I asked you uh, kind of some take-it-or-leave-it questions on the, uh, the basketball team this year. How about we do that uh, coming up next with the football team? And I'll, I'll give you an entire break to think about it, and I'll give the text line an entire break to think about it. We're talking about expectations this year for the basketball team. What are expect? What are early expectations in January for next year's football team with a twelve-team playoff and a new conference? And Bare minimum me, for success. And, and you're going to give me some take it or leave it's right? Like no. you're going to offer them up? No, 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 no. We're I, just going to talk about it. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm just giving you a break to think about it. Like we we do this every single off season. It's uh, okay. Like what are what what are expectations for OU football next year in a in a different era, different chapter of OU football, because normally it's been, all right, Big 12 conference title and make the college football playoff. That's kind of been the norm around here for a while. What does that look like now with a whole new uh, with a whole new playoff and a whole new conference? Yeah. Okay. Let's do it. 
All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Hanging out the lofts at Valencia today, 405-906-3018. Special offer right now, $500 off. First month's rent. If you move in by February 29th, give them a call. For more details, 405-906-3018. A true Sooner fan wouldn't be caught dead without the KREF app. Join the Army. Get the app. Tell your friends. This is The Ref, where diehard Sooner fans listen. There are trucks. Then there's the truck. GMC Sierra, with available features like... Think, uh, the expectations for me are ten, it's 10 wins. Um, 10 wins and or just 10 wins? Well, it's 10 wins because I don't I have no concept of where that puts you. Um is is there a chance that you're playing in the conference championship game with 10 wins? I I I just you know what I'm saying? I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know. I mean the no no one it's going to be so funky next year in the SEC depending yeah. on who plays who. Yeah. I I would say schedule's tough. I and, would probably say maybe, no, but is there a chance? Yeah, potentially. I mean I, the, I guess my, my question and my point is, like, if 10 wins going 10 and 2 doesn't get you into the, into the SEC championship game, like, what team do you see out there that's going to be, other than Georgia, that you feel like is going to be an 11 to 1 football team? I don't, um, I don't know who the second I don't best. See team. Anyone. I don't. I, I struggle to find who the second best team in the SEC is next year. I think there's a whole lot right. of teams just kind of in a like Georgia's number one. I feel pretty good about that. But I think contenders for that spot. I think Tennessee could be a contender. I think God, Ole Miss could be a contender. Texas, Oklahoma. I guess I got to throw in Mid-Zoo in there as well. Like the point is, there's about five or six teams I could see in in that in that second place spot. Yeah. I mean, Ole Miss, and everyone's going to have a tough schedule, and maybe theirs isn't as tough. But you know, three out of four weeks, they're in October and early November. They go, they're at LSU, Oklahoma at home, at Arkansas, Georgia at home. I mean, I I know that they brought in a bunch of talent in the transfer portal, but. I'm a long way from thinking Ole Miss is just going to run a gauntlet like that. I, I still both. am not a buyer on Ole Miss. They're going to be good. They're going to be a solid football team, but I'm not. I'm still not there just to start penciling in Ole Miss as like an eleven to one type of team. I think ten wins is the number in terms of like early season expectations of like where it needs to be next year. The baseline of expectations. You you go ten and two next year. You're going to end up with some really good wins next season. Let, let's just say, for instance, that I, I'm just going to pick two random losses next year, okay? And okay. I'll pick just two random losses out of nowhere. I'll say at LSU is a loss and at Auburn is a loss, okay? I'm not saying that I necessarily think they're going to lose those two games. Right. I'm just picking it out of SEC games. Let, let's just say that you only lose two games. Those are the two games you lose. That means your wins would look like this. Texas and Dallas – Tennessee at home, at Ole Miss, at Missouri, Bama at home. That'd be yeah. a hell of a resume, and I think that, and this is a an important piece of this too with me when talking about expectations, I think if that's your resume as a 10-win team, whether you're playing in Atlanta or not at the end of the year, I think that's got to get you in the 12-team playoff. So 10 wins in a 12-team playoff berth, 
is kind of where I'm at right now for, for expectations. Well, yeah, and if you look at it, like how the how the season finished last year, I mean, if you finish next year with two losses in the regular season, that means against Tennessee, Texas, Ole Miss, Alabama, and LSU, you got three wins out of that group, at least three wins out of that group. Uh, maybe more. Maybe you, you know, you win four of those and you you drop one to, you know, Auburn or Missouri or something like that. But I don't know. I think if you go ten and two next year, because we talked about it, what was there five ten win teams or something from the year before on the schedule? Uh, let's see. Or Texas was. Tennessee was just short of it or something. Maybe? No, did Tennessee not get to ten with the with the bowl win? Well, uh, Ole Miss, LSU. Excuse me. Ole Miss, Missouri, Alabama were all yes. Did LSU get there with the bowl win? Texas was. and um, Texas, Ole Miss, Missouri, and Alabama were all 10-win teams last year. So there's four. And then Tennessee, I think, was when they won the the bowl game or something. I don't remember. But oh, a bunch. Okay, that's the point. A bunch. So, yeah, and – there's going to be people that say there's no way, and maybe there is no way. I just I can't I can't buy it. I think I think we have been preconditioned over and over and over to about how great the SEC is, and there's there's truth to it, but because of the nonstop narrative, everyone. Like they think you're playing Georgia ten times, you're not. There's a huge distance between Georgia and everyone else in the conference right now. I think next year, I mean, there just is the case for sure. Yeah. So, yeah, it's going to be a more difficult schedule. Yes, the road games are going. To, there's better athletes. Yes, 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 on all of those things. But you're not playing Georgia ten times. I mean, I think that's what everyone feels we're up against. But, I mean, I still, especially going into our third year under Venables, our defense is going to be, by some stretch, the best they've been in a long time. And, you know, what we do on the offensive line and what Jackson Arnold does at quarterback is going to tell a lot of the story. You know, we've got to be really good in all other areas. We've got to be better in special teams. We've got to be way better at running back. I mean, there's a lot of unknowns. Don't get me wrong, but like, the distance between us and like everyone but Georgia is not very much at all, uh, yeah. if any. We're right there in the group. 405, nothing like going from the easiest schedule of all time to the hardest schedule of all time. Hard to get 10 wins. And then we've got, how are y'all going to feel when they only get eight? Um, the men's basketball team has a better shot at winning the title than the football team does of 10-2 and two and making the playoff. Love you guys, but this is craziness. I mean, I, I don't know about you. I'm not sitting here with season record predictions and predicting 10-2. and two. What I'm saying is, let's not lose sight of what I still think this program is and where it's been over time. I And I agree with everything you just said about the gap between Georgia and everyone else, especially next year. Not everyone in that league is Georgia. This is still OU, man. 
and it's got a chance to be the best defense that you've had in a while. Do you have question marks? Yes. I still think the expectation of your program, even going into the SEC, still needs to be go out there and win 10 games. Not to cower down and be a 7-5 and five football team next year. We're purely talking about expectations, and I still think the expectations of OU football need to be extremely high year in and year out moving forward. That's why I put mine at 10. That's right. That's right. That's right. Um, you know, I I just – Tennessee's good, not great. Um, Ole Miss is good, not great. Missouri's good, not great. LSU's good, not great. Alabama has been great. Next year they're going to be good. Okay? They don't make – don't make a lot of these teams something that they're not. I mean, that's what I'm saying. We're, we've been preconditioned that we're playing, you know, the AFC North next year when it's just not the case. So, I don't know. We'll see what happens with it. I'm excited. I'm thrilled. The games are going to be so much better, so more entertaining. Uh, and I think if if you're an OU player – and you're looking at next year's schedule, hanging up there in the locker room right now during the off season. I mean, you're going to get more buy-in. It's going to be it's going to be a different feeling around the program. At least it should be. I mean, I'd be shocked if it wasn't. Um, and you know, to some degree, I mean, there is going to be, you know, us being the hunted to some degree because we're a blue blood and we haven't played. Uh, a lot of these schools in a long time, some of them ever. So there is going to be that factor there. But, you know, I think there's going to be us feeling like the hunter ourselves being the newbie, right? And that just changes the mentality. Like when you go on the road, instead of going in cautious and, you know, walking on eggshells because you're worried about making that mistake to lose the game. Oh, my God, what if we lose this? think they're going to be a, a way more aggressive-minded team next year confidence-wise. Well, at and, least that's the hope. And I, and I think there's a lot of different ways to look at next year. Clearly, some on the text line. And, and yes, the schedule is going to be tough next year. A lot more difficult than it was this year or recent years. You can look at it that way. I almost look at it, too, as, well, don't waste what's probably going to be the best defense that you've had in quite some time. Take advantage of that. Is it going to be the best defense that Brent ever has at OU? Well, maybe not, but I still think even though it does have a have some questions, it does. It's not perfect. It's still got a chance to be a really good defense next year. Don't don't waste that, man. Don't don't waste another year that you got with guys like Stutzman and Bowman and Woody Washington coming back. Don't right. don't waste that opportunity. Go out and win ten games next year with a defense that could be one of the better that you find in the SEC next season. Yeah. No, I agree. What, 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 a couple more here. Vandalay and Norman says, wait, we're not playing the AFC North next season? <laughs> hey, if, if, if playoff Lamar Jackson is, is playing uh, every game next year, then I, I'll be down to play the AFC North. Oh, careful what you wish for. Um, no, I, which, you know, whenever you look at it right now, um, I mean, who's the best quarterback we play next year? On the schedule. Well, uh, ESPN will tell me that it's Quinn Ewers. I'm not buying that. Uh, no, it's not. I mean, 
could Jalen Milrow be the best quarterback you play next year? And I'm not saying that he's a bad player, but if that's the best quarterback that you see next year, like Jackson Dart is is a nice player. I just don't think he's has any elite skill sets when it comes to throwing the ball. Um, I, I, and, don't, I don't you know, know if I've seen got the young kid from year. Tennessee. Yeah, Nico he, could be. you got the young be. kid from Tennessee. He's going to be coming on the road in his first big start. You know, that's going to be a tough, tough spot for him. Um, you know, I – I just I don't know. The kid was it Cook at Missouri? Brady Cook, yeah. Is you know he's 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 okay, capable, not a not a game changer. I mean I don't know. LSU doesn't have Daniels, so I mean it's just I don't know. I mean you're going to see better players across the board, but. I'm just. I'm gonna to have to see it to believe it before I, I go cower in the corner and uh, get all scared about how good Ole Miss is going to be and Missouri and uh, all these teams. I I think we're right there on the level, probably a little bit better than most. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Hit a couple of things that caught my eye next. This is the Ref Sports Radio Network. There are trucks. Then there's the truck. GMC Sierra, with available features like the V8 engine, the ultimate luxury interior, and of course, the available world's first six-function multi-pro tailgate. GMC Sierra, not just any truck, the truck. GMC's continued commitment to professional-grade engineering is on full display at your Oklahoma GMC dealers. Come take a test drive today and see for yourself. We are professional. Lions, NFL, NFC Championship game, huge Numbers, 58.96 million viewers was where it peaked. Averaged uh, 56.7 million viewers. Uh, Pretty incredible numbers. It was the most watched NFC Championship game since 2012 and up uh, right around 20% over last year's game between the Eagles and the 49ers. Uh, People wanted to see the Lions win. Well, didn't the <laughs> didn't the AFC least. Championship do better numbers? Did not it the highest? I'm sure. Rated, I mean, I the Taylor Swift effect. Uh, people aren't tuning out like they say they are. They're they're still watching the games. Uh, she, I, I think yep. I saw earlier today Chiefs Ravens is the highest AFC Championship game since the Jets and Steelers over ten years ago. Wow, the Jets. Interesting. It's crazy that they made it. Uh, last one I've got. Uh, I thought this was pretty funny. Um, I saw this tweet, and it was uh, during the broadcast of the uh, Houston Rockets and the Lakers game. Uh, Billy Mack was talking about the Lakers. The Lakers have shot 233 more free throws coming into the game last night than their opponents this year. That is far and away ahead of the second-place team, the New York Knicks. And the strange thing about it, the Lakers are dead last in the NBA in drives to the basket. <laughs> most free throws shots and most uh, fouls complained about throughout the season as well. Does the do the analytics Isn't show that, that they complain about the most qual- calls? I'm sure. Oh my gosh! It's like you know, for the longest time I've been. You know, pretty naive to the fact that there's no way officials would risk 
like calling a game one-sided or leaning with bias one way. You just you can't do it. This is the ultimate in sports. Like your officiating crews have to be like straight down the line. But I'm an idiot. Yes, I, it's yes, all correct. about money. It's all about money and trying just to lean on them a little bit to ultimately get your stars in the position to hopefully win games and get there for the for the networks. I mean, that's that's really what we've seen. Come on. At this point, I think uh, everyone believes that. I've got two Steve Sarkeesian stories today, amongst Ooh. other things. First, would you like to take a guess? I didn't know this till yesterday. It caught my eye. Uh, would you like to guess the last year that Sark was a head coach and one of his teams won a bowl game? Uh, it was probably the last year he was at Washington before he went to the University of Southern California. Really close. It was the first year at USC. 2014, oh. he won the Holiday Bowl. Lost the Sugar this year. Lost the Alamo Bowl the year before that. Didn't go to a bowl game 2021 at Texas. Got fired in the middle of the year at 2015 at USC. It's been a decade uh, since he's won a bowl game, and that was back at 2014 at USC. Obviously, wow. there were some years in there where he wasn't a head coach, but yeah, it's been a while since old Sarks won a bowl game. Interesting. Yeah, that's that's quite the stretch. Working on a decade there, Sark. Come on, get it together. And the other Sark story is, and I know we have a lot of listeners in the Austin area. Well, if you're looking for real estate in the Austin area, why not buy Sark's old home that's on the market right now? Mm. Originally listed at $7.5 million, he and his wife, L'Oreal, have recently had to reduce the price to $5.88 million. From 7.5 to 5.8, oh, but Teddy, it's a beautiful home. Five and a half uh, bathrooms, mm. almost 1,000 square feet of garage space. The home has six mm. bedrooms. It's in some neighborhood called Rollingwood, which apparently that's oh, a yeah. very nice area of Austin. So if any of our Ref Army listeners out there in the Central Texas area looking for real estate, why don't you try Sark's old home for $5.88 million? Yeah, there's a bit of a uh, burst real estate bubble going on in Austin, Texas right now. He's carving off $2 million bucks off the asking price. That ain't good. Some would say maybe that's because they lost the uh, the bowl game, the semifinal <laughs> game, so there's no like ba- value built into Hell, it. Hell, I'll oh, give you 7.5 when he finally wins a <laughs> damn bowl game. How about that? That's right. Yeah, uh, that's. I mean, that's quite the price drop. Wow, that is substantial. You better jump on it, man. While while it's hot, you better make a move, make an offer. Dang, no, thank you. Uh, apparently, President Joe Biden has promised a response after three U.S. troops were killed earlier this week in Jordan. A drone strike killed three U.S. troops. And he is saying that a retaliation against uh, Iran pro- Iran proxies will happen. Are you buying it? Will there be a response to the three U.S. troops killed uh, killed in Jordan? Whatever the worst case scenario is, and whatever the worst decision is, that's what I expect to happen. Uh, I, you know, what I would like the response to be. The response I would like is why. 
did we have troops there in the first place? Okay, can you give me that response? I can't. Um, okay, so <laughs> we're just going to – we're claiming Iran is the uh, – you know, their proxy. They gave the weapons to this group, so that's who we should go after. Aren't we doing that exact same thing all over the planet in – Countless countries. I mean, I can think of one. I knew this Ukraine, where we just send billions and billions and billions and billions of dollars. It's endless. Pathetic. I'm not going to get a better response than that on my next story with Quinshawn <laughs> Judkins. So why even do it? Why even do it? Your response and the text line responses. It does. It, no one will even remember this next story after that. So let's just throw it to break. We'll, we'll get to something else oh. coming up next segment. Well, first of all, let's remember uh, that we just gave Iran a huge amount of money that allowed them to uh, to start arming these uh, proxies around the region. So let's not forget about that. Let's not memory hold that either. That's what we're good at. What What is the correct uh, pronunci- fueling disaster? What is the funding cor- disaster? Correct pronunciation. Is it supposed to be Iran? I prefer Iran to, to call it to call it Iran. Iran. Yeah, I'm not. not I don't do know. That. I don't know. I don't know. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We will wrap up hour number two next. Do you eat, sleep, and breathe Sooner football? We do too. This is the Ref, home of Sooner fans. Out with the old and in with the new at Dorsey Jones Buick GMC in El Reno. New 2024 GMC Sierra 1500 Crew Cab 5.3 LT 4x4 SLT. Take up to 8500 off MSRP. Plus, trade in a qualified vehicle and receive an additional 2500 from GM. Drive to the best, just 15 minutes west. Dorsey Jones Buick GMC, I-40 and Highway 81. Exit 125 in El Reno or Dorsey-JonesBuickGMC.com. GMC, we are professional grade. See dealer for details. If you're in your 40s or older and you're thinking about improving your vision, let me introduce you to the new LASIK, or as we like to call it, lens replacement. Lens replacement provides a permanent solution to your vision needs, unlike LASIK, which often leads patients needing reading glasses or adjusting to monovision. Here's the best part. With lens replacement, you'll never require cataract surgery. Lens replacement, the new LASIK. It's a major leap forward in vision correction. So if you're ready to see 2020, then check out the new LASIK available at thenewlasik.com. Visit us on Online at rkblack.com or call 943-9800. Central Oklahoma Buick GMC dealers bringing you this hour of the rush as Drake Stoops just continues to have really, really good practices down at the Shrine Bowl in Frisco. That game is Thursday night at 7 p.m., he was named a day two standout. He's also been named a day three standout, so not much has mm. changed. Drake Stoops looks like one of the better wide receivers uh, in Frisco throughout uh, throughout these bowl practices. Also, who's uh, really start? well, I, I don't know if really senior bowl practices have really um, happened all that much, but I, I read a story today, and this this particular individual, I think it was Daniel Jeremiah, said it in preparation for the senior bowl, I sent a text to eight NFL scouts over the weekend asking for their top-ranked prospect participating in Mobile this week. Every single one responded with the same name. 
Oklahoma's Tyler Guyton. So this guy texted eight yeah. NFL scouts. Who's your top-ranked prospect in Mobile? They all had the same answer, Tyler Guyton. Man. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, that's good, but that's also, you know, that's lofty expectations going in there for a guy. Um, you know, but, you know, if everyone's got him ranked that high, they're going to be – they're going to be viewing him with the potential, right? Oh, Saying, yeah, he yeah, better, he's he better dominate. The edges, but it's, sure. Yeah, so it's it's the athleticism. But, you know, the, the measurables, we keep talking about measurables are great. And, you know, it's not going to surprise me with, you know, the way everyone's talking about him and the way he's probably going to perform if uh, he's going to be a fringe top ten pick. I mean, it's just trending that way right now. Well, certainly position that maybe he plays. the first tackle. Yeah. yeah, some people think maybe the first tackle taken. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. I, okay. If you would have told me that in October last year, like midway October, I, I think I mean, we're not talking a whole lot of NFL draft at that point. But it's yeah, okay. Like I could, I could see him as a late first round pick potentially, maybe early second round. Like he he was going to get drafted high this year, but. No, I don't think at any point last year I would have seriously believed. Not that the play on the field was bad. It just wasn't – it didn't look as dominant to me as you would think the first tackle in the draft would look like. Fair? Right. No, that's that's totally fair, and I agree with it. But, you know, that's, that's not abnormal for that position. You know, it's, it's such a long-term play, and – experience is a critical factor and you know he's you know one of those guys that started at tight end and grew into a tackle and it takes a little bit of time to develop that uh you know that tackle instinct it's different than what he's played his whole life so it's relatively new to him but he's got all of the tools to do it and do it at a high level make a ton of money and uh i mean he's going to get drafted incredibly high so just Start gearing up for that to be your, uh, your, right, what you expect to happen. Yeah, normally we had the conversation. Who's going to be the highest drafted sooner this year? I guess we didn't really have that with Baker or Kyler's year, but it, it is. Uh, mm-hmm. It's not. It's not a question this year. It'll be Tyler Guyton, and it may not even be. <laughs> it may not even be that close. I think Drake Stoops That's will get right. drafted, but Drake Stoops is not going to get drafted close to to Tyler Guyton. That won't be the case. No. No, I think you are correct on that assessment. Yeah, um, I don't know. I'm I'm happy for him though. I'm curious to see what the reviews are from him down at the Senior Bowl, and um, you know, see where he ends up. And I'm also I'm looking forward to watching Drake play. Oh yeah, and, I'm uh, definitely watching that on Thursday he, he, night. That's gonna be cool. Yeah, that's gonna be fun. That's gonna be really fun. Especially if there's some random yeah, OU fans in there just yelling stoops every time he catches a pass inside the inside the star in Frisco. That that'll be great. Right. Yeah. Um and Rouse is doing good there at the East West Shrine game as well, right? Yeah, I mean I, I said that Drake was listed as a standout for day three, but it was like grouped in Drake Stoops and Walter Rouse. So both of those guys are. Yeah. Nice. Nice. All right, quick timeout. 
More from The Rush coming up. The final hour is next here from the lofts at Valencia.